Welcome to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Well, it is December. It's the last month of the year. It's the last Switch Leader Podcast episode of the year. Everything's coming to an end. It's making me sad. No, I'm kidding. Things are not coming (laughs) to an end. All right. Everything's going to be fine. Everyone needs to calm down. I am here today with my friend, Caitlin Caffrey. And I think that this conversation is going to set us up as we go into a little bit of a break over Christmas break, because it's going to encourage us to make sure that we're doing some things that will encourage our students to continue to be more involved. And so this conversation might be a little bit around the idea in life and in ministry where there are things that our students need to hear us say, hey, we want you to go for it. And then there are other things that maybe at times they do need to hear, not yet. But it's really important that we figure out which of those is the correct answer in each situation and with each student. And so looking forward, Caitlin, to having a conversation with you about this today and just gleaning on your wisdom. Oh, boy. I feel no pressure. the pressure. <laughs> oh, man. I love that setup because I think that you're right. There are genuinely so many areas of life and ministry. Like I literally think about the kingdom of heaven itself. That is one of those things that we live in the tension of the now and the not yet. Like Jesus launched this whole movement and he said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Like it's here. Let's go for it. So it is now. Like we have the ability to experience heaven on earth, to bring heaven to earth, to partner with God in that way. And also the reality of heaven on earth, of new creation is not yet fully realized. So what we're going to talk about today is one of those other tension points of like the now and the not yet. And it's something that I'm pretty sure everyone listening to this podcast has heard us say in Switch before. And it is this idea that our students are not just the leaders of tomorrow. They are the leaders of today. Our students are not just the leaders of tomorrow. They are the leaders of today. And so, Josh, I think it's important to like set this whole concept up with like when we talk about leadership and what it means to lead, like what is it that we're telling our students? Let's answer the question of like who is a leader and what a leader is like in the context of what we're talking about in Switch. And then let's go ahead and break down that statement so we can help our students and our leaders just sit in that tension point well. Right. And I think that when you read that statement, we're saying they're not just the leaders of tomorrow because truthfully, they are also the leaders of today. And while their leadership today will look different than their leadership tomorrow, it doesn't mean that they are not called to live in leadership right now. And so we know as we've gotten older, we've witnessed how leadership is applied to so many facets of our lives. And so like personally in your friendships, in your life group and at work and in the church, leadership Mm -hmm. is involved everywhere and it it doesn't always look the same. So leadership, the way that people think about it always is like this one person that's very vocal and they're the one in charge and they're the one leading. That's not the sole definition of leadership. And so I'm excited to talk about what that looks like. 
I know, Caitlin, that one of the ways that we've talked about before and one of the ways I'd talk to you, I'd love to talk with you about again is serving. And so mm-hmm. it's one thing for our students to be serving, but you mentioned the importance of also the leaders serving with them. I'd love to hear you elaborate a little bit more on that. Yeah, I think I'm literally pulling up this scripture right now because Jesus scripture says- Scripture is good. We love to have scripture. <laughs> and I also love to talk about the Bible, so. I know you do. Stay tuned, everyone. Yeah, Jesus in Matthew 20 is talking to his disciples. And man, this whole thing is just so ridiculously good. But this is like the whole, like, this is exactly what we're talking about. Because in Matthew chapter 20, like starting in verse 20, This is where James and John's mom comes to Jesus and is like asking permission, like asking for a favor. She says, grant that one of these two sons of mine can sit at your right hand and the other at your left in your kingdom. When you come into glory, this is the like, this is the not yet part, but she's asking for it right now. She's like, hey, let them have these positions of honor. And Jesus is like, bro, you do not know what you are asking for. (laughs) And, and that is like, I think that's the part of the not yet piece. Like sometimes the what our students are asking for when it comes to the level of leadership or responsibility, it's like, oh, you don't actually know what you're asking for. <laughs> you just want the right. attention of this. You just want the, the notoriety of this. You just want you just want this result of this specific thing, but you don't actually know what you're asking for. And so yep. Jesus brings some clarity. And he said, like when the other 10 disciples heard about this, they were like super ticked off. You can imagine the scene playing out in your small group. I'm Mm -hmm. sure of it. So Jesus calls them all together and he says, listen, you think that this is what leadership is. He says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord their authority over them. Their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So, good. And I think that what Jesus does so beautifully is paints this picture of what it looks like for our students to be the leaders of today. And it is not by doing what the Gentiles and what the, what the culture around the disciples were doing at that time, where they're just grasping for authority and using their power to exercise control over other people. Jesus is like, let me, let me show you how to do this actually right here and right now. Here's how you can lead right here and right now. And I think the answer is the same for our students is we can make ourselves, make our lives, make our position as leaders all about serving other people. And so right. that is why this whole concept is so important because Jesus is really clear on what it looks like to be a leader and how he has called us to be leaders in his church. And that is not a position that is reserved just for grown-ups. <laughs> that is a position yep. for any follower of Christ that we get to lead the way by following his example. Because he said, hey, not even me. I didn't even come to be served. I came to serve. And so we are going to always 
lead our students to lead the way by following the example of Christ. Growing up, I definitely had the view in my head, like when I was a kid, I I had the view in my head that one day when I get older, I'll be able to lead or I'll be able to serve, right? Like in the church. And even then I didn't think of it as leadership. I just thought one day I'll get to serve. And I actually, you know, I started going to life church when I was in sixth grade, but at the time it wasn't really talked about quite as much for students Mm -hmm. to serve. It wasn't that we weren't allowed to, it just wasn't as uh, big of a deal. It wasn't something that was as focused on at the time. And as I got older, it became a little bit more of a big deal. And then when I became a youth pastor, I recognized that it was really starting to gain traction where our church was going, hey, we don't just want students to serve, but we need them to serve. Because we started to recognize that when you have teenagers investing in your church, like the lifeblood of your church, come on, you start to experience this youthfulness that so many churches lack. When we talk mm. about churches that we're going like, man, that church is dying. Well, don't do you understand that a dying church is dying because there is no youth mm. breathing life into it? And so when we think about our students and we're going, hey, you're not just the leader of tomorrow, you're the leader of today. It's because we don't just want students to serve so that they can get some experience, you know, and like learn from us and know how to do it when it counts. No, like we want them to serve because it counts right now because it makes a significant influence for them to be serving and and living out their faith right now. And of course, along the way, those examples are really, really important. And it's important that they're learning that influence is not position. Influence is not authority. Influence is usually earned And Mm. you want to think of the people that have influence in your life? It's the people who love you so much Mm -hmm. that they will just go out of their way to serve you, Mm -hmm. just like Jesus did for many. And those are the people that you look back on and you go, man, like I can't believe they did that for me. And you look at them different then. They have a different level of equity and influence in your life because of the way they treated you. And we yeah. want for our students to understand that that is the Jesus way of life. And, and we want them to be able to live that out. So good. So I think with that setup, Josh, let's just get really practical and let's just start kind of talking about the, the do's and the don't do's for lack yep. of better terminology. So we talk about how our students are not just the leaders of tomorrow. They're the leaders of today. But I think that sometimes we can get into these patterns of behavior or way that we treat our students that unintentionally reinforces this idea of like, you're the kid, so you can lead when you're older. Right. (laughs) What are some of those things that you've seen um, that like, okay, we're actually just reinforcing this idea that you're not ready yet? You know, I, this would be a thing that I have seen and I have done like in, and this isn't just in the church. This is this is like everywhere. And yeah. I think that's the challenge of this episode, this podcast, what we're talking about right now, is this is not a topic that just affects you as a switch leader. This is a topic mm-hmm. that affects you as an adult Christian. Yeah, okay, so if you're an point. adult Christian listening, then know that there are teenagers and young people in your life who are also Christians, and they need to see the right example because Come they're going to be in your spot one day. So- what I would say is we often get in our heads the same thing that we do in any any role where we think I could do it better. And instead of training someone else to do it, we instead just do it better. 
And we're like, it's just easier this way if I just do it myself. I think about like my kids wanting to help me with something like hanging the Christmas lights. My kids wanted to help hang the Christmas lights. Honestly, it's just easier for me to be like, can I just hang the Christmas? Can I just do it by myself? Like, cause I can just, I have a, I have a system. I could knock this thing out. But in truth, the best thing for me to do isn't to say, yeah, you guys go hang the Christmas lights, right? Because them getting on my roof by themselves is probably not (laughs) a good idea, right? But I could say, yes, let's together go hang the Christmas lights. Because the goal isn't for me to just shove them into the deep end and say, man, I sure hope you know how to swim when you haven't done it yet. But the goal is for me to say, hey, let's go swim together and I'm going to show you how because it's important that you learn how to swim even while I'm still swimming. Like It's important that you learn how to put up the lights even while I'm putting up the lights. Yeah. And in the church, I think sometimes we might be leading a small group and we go, hey, I'm the leader. It's my job to lead. I'm supposed to ask the questions. I'm mm. supposed to give the the advice. You know, and you think of all those things that it could be. And there's many examples. And as a leader, you've probably lived them out. And you have students in your group that have more insight than you think. Come and on. believe it or not, they have oftentimes more equity to speak into a situation that they are currently living in themselves than you would think. And so rather than us going, hey, I'm just going to lead and I'm going to ask the questions, it might be time to go, I'm going to empower and I'm going to be here and I'm going to walk alongside. And so those would be some examples. Yeah. The one that comes to mind for me that literally the other night at Switch, I was wrestling with this tension was refraining from challenging students mm-hmm. because like oh you're you're a sixth grader you're a seventh right. grader you like you're acting like a sixth grader you're acting like a seventh grader yes and like i really want you to stop because you're annoying me but like right. you'll figure it out when you're older and i yep. think that that actually robs them you said this in a previous episode and i just have continued saying it to myself is like they will never take a challenge that you don't give them. Like they will never yeah. rise to the occasion if you don't provide them the opportunity to do so. So yes, I can acknowledge where they are in their maturity. And yet I can still appropriately challenge them to be the leaders that I believe that they are. And so right. me refraining from challenging students just because they're acting like definitely acting like the leaders of tomorrow, let me tell you. Right, right. And not the right. leaders of today does not, like, does not give me permission as someone who says that I believe this about them to not call them to more. And so that, that right. would be an example for me literally just last night, like wrestling with like, am I going to call this kid out or am I not? Like, and I just stepped into it and was like, all right, here we go. We're doing this. But that, that, that's a really real example for me. <laughs> and, and I would add to that. I would say just because, you know, we need to be realistic here. You're going to give some challenges and you're going to get frustrated along the way. Yep. And you're, and as a matter of fact, sometimes you're going to challenge students to things and you are already positive that they are not going to accept the challenge. The important thing for us as adults to remember is that them accepting the challenge that we gave them is not the only win. Sometimes it's just them hearing that someone else was willing to challenge them to a good thing or a hard thing. Because even if they didn't do it and they decided I'm not doing that, 
there's something in them that says they actually thought I could do that. Come on. Like, wait, are you saying that they actually thought I could pull off what they were challenging me to do? Yeah. And and there is something in the subconscious of their minds, I promise you, that gets built up a little bit. And then the next time you ask, they go, well, I'm not a surprise because, I mean, they have, they have asked before mm-hmm. and they must be seeing something in me. You know, I, I had a conversation between my 10-year-old and 12-year-old the other night. There was a highly em, kind of emotionally deep conversation. Mm. And my kids are going through just different seasons. And so one of them is feeling kind of distant from the other one. It's making him sad. And so we're kind of talking through some things. Well, my oldest one didn't respond with the emotional IQ that I would have hoped, right? Sure. Like I, you know, he just didn't. And he responded I like a 12-year-old boy. Yeah, he responded like a 12-year-old boy. And so I sat down with him later. I could have left it. I could have walked yeah. away and been like, well, we're done. Like he's 12. He doesn't know what to say to make it to help his brother or whatever. But I went and sat down with him and I said, hey, man, like tell me what just happened. And he said, you know, I, I feel, I feel guilty that he feels bad and that, you know, there's this distance. And mm-hmm. I said, can I just tell you, I said, I know that you're not knowing what to do right now. I said, can I just tell you that all you needed to do was go give your little brother a hug. That's so good. I, I said, I know that that doesn't, that didn't even pop in your mind because you felt this guilt and you're just kind of like, ah, I don't want to mess it up worse. But truly, if you had said, Sam, I love you and given him a hug you would have changed the game. Mm. Now, what I could have done has just been like, you know, he actually, he didn't do anything wrong. Like neither one of them were in trouble. It was just, they're just growing up. And But instead I knew, even though I get a sense he's going to forget 90% of this conversation, even after I have it, I'm hoping 10% of it sticks. Because if yeah. 10% of it sticks, then next time maybe I can get 10% more of the next conversation to stick. And eventually my hope is that my kid is going to have a higher mo- emotional maturity than I would expect of him. And he's, it's going to equip him with the ability to help people through hard things and to be able yeah. to feel out a situation, just like we would want students in small groups to be able to listen and empathize with their friends that are sharing things and be able to not just listen and follow, but at some point be able to lead. Yeah, that's so good, Josh. Uh, I think you just led perfectly into that transition point of like, so there are definitely some ways that we can unintentionally reinforce this idea that you can just lead when you're older. You you can be the leaders of tomorrow and that's fine. Right. But the second part of that statement is, we believe our students are not just leaders of tomorrow, they are the leaders of today. So what are some more of those intentional behaviors, practices, things that we could do as a leader, even over break, to help reinforce, like, no, no, I actually believe that you can lead right here and right now. Honestly, I think it's as simple as saying, hey, let's serve in the church together over Christmas break. So yep. that that can be as easy as that, just and not not going, hey, you should serve, but saying, hey, let's serve together. It could be as simple as saying, let's make sure that during Christmas, we get plugged into serving at least one, maybe two services together back to back. And if it's in Life Kids, we we just we take over a room. Like we serve together Come in on. that room. If it's on host team, 
it is going to be the most welcoming door that there is in the church. And during that time, not only will I be showing my students an example of what it means to lead relationally and with care, but I'm also going to use that as an opportunity to connect. Come on. Yeah. Honestly, I think that that's the biggest win is figuring out how to serve alongside your students because they do look at you as a leader. And if you're doing what your leader is doing, you start to see yourself how, like, as a leader, like you, you, you're doing the same things and you're doing it together. And you, the way that you see yourself starts to change in that process. And I think that that's huge. So I love that really practical action step. The only other thing that I'm thinking through that I would add is like, Something that I try to do with my small group, Josh, is just like continually reinforce this idea that this is yours. This is your space. This is your church. This is your small group. This is like, what do you want it to be? And just transferring some of that ownership, even in just the way that I talk about it, so that I can start to hear like, oh man, if they were, if they realize that they have a say in what happens here, what would that change about the way right. that they show up? And so right. as I'm thinking about break and going into a new semester, that's part of how I desire to talk about it with my students while we are serving together is just this idea of like, this is yours. What do you want it to yep. be? And just unleash their creativity in that way. It's really exciting to get to see what they do. I think doing that increases your excitement as a leader because it's this new layer and you're going, man, I wonder what they're going to do next. Mm -hmm. And it increases their excitement and ownership as a leader as well. And it's all able to be done with you right there, walking with them, holding their hand and picking them up if you have to. I, you had mentioned them telling them like, you know, like you're a leader. Like, do you believe that about yourself? I I think I've shared this before, but when I was in high school, I wasn't a super confident basketball player. I had Mm. the build for it and this, and probably the skill set for it. But when it was time for game day, man, I was a pass the ball. I just always pass the ball. And Mm. finally my coach came up and said, Hey, you're a shooter. Mm. I need you to shoot the ball. Come on. You're a shooter. And I need, like, I know you are. And I just don't think you know you are. And it was the very next game. I scored 16 points in the first half. Let's because go. somebody said you're a shooter. It did. Right. It's not because it changed. I hadn't changed anything, right? Like the, it's not like all of a sudden I learned how to shoot. I just finally realized somebody else thought I did, and so then I believed it too. And it just makes me wonder how many times have you one on one pulled one of your students aside and said, "Hey, I just want you to know, you're a leader." Yep. And I and I know that that feels too big for you right now. And you're like, I'm just a kid, but I just want you to know that as an adult who has seen some things, when I look at you, I see a leader. Come on. And so it doesn't mean that I expect you to like be leading everyone in Switch, but man, I think that you have influence. And and I think that there's a small group right over there that could use your leadership. And I, you guys, I promise that if you do that enough times, you'll change somebody's life because it will make them think differently about themselves. And so it's exciting for me to think about the, what it means when you speak life into people, just speak it, just speak life into them. And in time we get to see it play out. I'm pumped 
to see what God does over the course of this break, over the course of this next semester. You guys have been intentional seed planters, and I know for a fact that when we do not grow weary in well-doing at the right time, we will reap a harvest when we do not give up. So I'm incredibly thankful for all of y'all. Amen. Switch will start back on January 10th. Many of you will have, I mean, people, you you, you do have switched this Wednesday. So I, I want to make sure people, nobody's like bailing, you have switched this Wednesday. <laughs> but then next semester, switch, our first night of switch will be January 10th. There will be many different campuses that have leader nights and that that could be, you know, that might be on the third. It could be the seventh. It's It's campus specific. So just make sure that you talk with your youth pastor and find out when that is. And the podcast will be back on January 8th. So we will start back up the the Monday before Switch starts back and hope that you tune in. We hope that your Christmas is incredible. Hope that you get to spend some really, really needed time with your families. Thank you for joining us on the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow.